You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority of their families. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Todd Lesher. It's great to be with you. And today we're just talking parenting with Stephanie Ledford. Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you here. Why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Hi, everyone. So as Todd said, my name's Stephanie, and I am a daughter of Christ first. I'm a wife. I'm a mom of two boys, ages three and a half and almost six months. And I work full time as an HR nerd here on staff at Forest Hill. And um, when I'm not exhausted from sleep deprivation, Mm -hmm. I like to do like uh, train for 10Ks or half marathons on the side. And I even have a little cookie business hustle I do. Yes. Why don't you give a little shout out to your cookie business? What's it called? Cookies and Comfort. All right, follow it on Instagram. That's the plug that we'll yeah. get for it. Just be mesmerized. She made a Chewbacca cookie <laughs> for us one year. It's it's incredible. It's infamous. I may have to post that to the show notes. I don't know if yeah. you can post a picture to the show notes, but yes, it's infamous. It's incredible. Uh, so we'll put a big question mark to two of those things that you said, and we'll come back to it. But okay. even as the parents listening, is like, how do you parent and have a life, right? And that, <laughs> the yeah. thing is like, how do you make that happen? So uh, I think as parents, we kind of like stumble our way there Yes. and would love for you to talk more about it when we get there. But just tell us about your parenting journey up to this point. Like, um, what's it been like growing and learning as mm. a parent of young kids? Yeah. Well, kind of, as you were mentioning earlier about stumbling, mm-hmm. I think parenting is complete trial and error. Yes, um, yes. If we're getting real, I feel like no matter what parenting stage you're in, as soon as you get comfortable, something changes. Um, so you have to adjust. And that's sweet and fun and humbling and exhausting. Um, but I'm grateful for it. You know, mm-hmm. I had fertility issues with both my boys, yeah. so it's a blessing even on really hard days. Yeah, that's incredible. The the idea that is trial and error is so good, especially if, just to have that phrase of so structured and routine. And the trial and error does not usually fly for me. It's like, mm-hmm. I have a way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And you're messing up my routine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so trial and error is just a good reminder to go, you're not always going to get it right. Sometimes you'll be really surprised that something worked. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I can't believe we actually did that well. Wow, go us. That's right. Yes, every once in a while, a parent needs to pat themselves on the back and go, you made it through a day. They were clothed. They were fed. They survived. You win. There you go. So let's talk about pre-parenting. What were some of your views on parenting before you became a parent? Yeah. So I nannied a whole lot in college. Mm -hmm. So I naively thought that parenting would be a whole lot easier than I thought it would be. and I knew parenting required selflessness, um, but I, I don't think you can understand the depths of selflessness mm. until you become a parent. Yeah. And that's a good thing, yeah. right? Because Jesus is pretty dang selfless. Yeah. He's, the most, yeah. he's the only selfless person to ever walk that's on right. earth. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would say, you know, as I think through that, when you talk about nannying, I, my family adopted my sister when I was 13 years old. Mm. So we had a six month in my house. And so changing diapers and feeding was just, I knew how to do that. But the, the schedule and the attitude or crying, like, I don't ever remember having to do that with mm. my little sister. It was like, mom, <laughs> Molly's yeah. crying, Hand come off. solve this problem. <laughs> and that didn't, 
usually work when I was like, Abby, <laughs> the baby's crying. <laughs> like, you're the dad too. So yes, you're in get this in as there well. and we'll You made this, this happen. Out. Yep, yep. <laughs> so how have you had to adjust your view of parenting? Mm, um, I think I thought there was a right way to parent before, and now I know there is no right way mm, to parent. Yep. And that's something that I'm always telling my friends who are having their first kid or even that their second kid, um, mm-hmm. that at the end of the day, I think God instills parenting instincts in us. Mm. And sometimes we let social media or Googling or a book on how to raise the perfect child dictate our parenting. Yeah. And we fail to trust what God has put on our hearts and what we know to be true about our family and our child and our dynamic. So I think sometimes just leading into like what God is like, hmm. like really buzzing in your ear, yeah. you need to learn um, to lean into that God a bit more. Yeah. And so, And if you played that out a little bit, I don't know if a light bulb just went off and this will break down somewhere, but <laughs> even when you think about the fruits of the Spirit, right? The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, those all apply to parenting, mm-hmm. right? It starts with love and that you need to have fun in your home, joy. You're, you're definitely going to have a lot of moments of peacemaking, <laughs> right? Luke and Jack going after each other. Yeah. You're going to have to be, you're going to have to learn how to bring peace into your home. Kindness are like building blocks of relationships. (laughs) Goodness, we're going to be good people. We're going to be good to the planet. We're going to bless those around us. So Mm -hmm. you think about that. And then the last one, and Mm (laughs) self-control. That is parenting, right? Self-control, regulating ourselves as parents, but also teaching our kids how to regulate, self-regulate and be self-controlled. But the Holy Spirit puts those things in us as parents. So I love that idea that we're given those things God-given. Right. So pretty cool thought. Yeah. You talked a little bit about parenting two kids. So what's been the difference of parenting one and parenting two? You could even go back to saying like parenting one was or and then Mm -hmm. parenting two has been different in this way. Yeah. So um, I like pulsed people when I was pregnant with my second Mm because I had heard different things from different people. And I think it really varies for some people going from zero to one was the hardest others one to two and then my mom just told me recently going from two to three was the hardest mm. for her because um my sister and i are only 20 months apart but my brother was seven years younger so uh, it was hard for her yeah um for me going from one to two has been the hardest mm. and i think because um for all of you enneagram nerds mm. out there i'm a three i'm an achiever and so i'm used to kind of doing it all and doing it well and i was able to keep up that rhythm with one and i was not with mm. two it broke that that facade is gone yeah. that ship has sailed i am on the hot mess express <laughs> now every day <laughs> just trying to survive uh-huh. and find a new rhythm yep. but that's good because god has humbled me and he's tried to teach me through that that instead of trying to do it all that the best thing that I can do is to be present and mm. be with the people that God has put in front of me that's in really my good. life whether it's my kids or family or coworkers. so mm-hmm. that's yeah. awesome and thank you for giving the the permission to say hey first one can be hard the second one can be hard the third one can be hard it's not a stereotypical or it doesn't apply to just whatever child is entering the family but mm-hmm. it it's going to be different for every family, but navigating that with presence is really strong. Yeah. So what have been some of your go-to resources for parenting through the infant and preschool phase? 
Yeah. So you had kind of mentioned this earlier, but with preschoolers and infants, um, when you think about building a house, right, you set the foundation first, Mm -hmm. and that's essentially what you're doing with your preschooler and infant. And some of that foundation is simple things like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like food, water, safety. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then you start building on some other things like trust and values. And I think values are a critical thing that you can start to instill. Um, I was at Parent Q Live, and I'll talk Mm -hmm. about that as a resource in a little bit. But it was really one of the things that stood as when the speaker said, like, you teach your three-year-old to be kind Mm. so that hopefully when they're 13 or 23 or 33, they're kind. They're a kind person. Um, And so one of my resources, and you just mentioned that, is the Bible, right? Mm. When you're talking about the fruits of the Spirit, what a good blueprint to try and instill values in your kids. Mm -hmm. And when your kids see you living those out or exercising them or reading the Bible, Mm -hmm. like, they do what you do, not what you say. And so I think that's a really good resource. Um, Parent Q, as I mentioned before, um, it's an app. So if you're someone Mm -hmm. that's on the go and you don't have a lot of margin, there's even quick YouTube videos that you can watch on. And really what I like about it is it um, shows you how to like parent ahead, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to look at with a three-year-old, what do I need to do to parent him well now so that he's better equipped at five years, 10 years? Um, and I never really thought about the long game before. Mm. So that's helpful for me. Yep. Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling you, like, your wife, Abby, mm. who has three, you've got three older boys, yep. right? So yep. she's been through it. Um, but hearing from her and as a preschool teacher, just that expertise of yep. someone who has more experience um, and listening to them has been important. Awesome. And that kind of ties into my last one, which is just people. Mm-hmm. Like, not only surrounding yourself with people in the similar life stage of Um, parenting because sometimes it's nice to be like yeah I'm struggling with that too or have you tried this also people who have already been through that because you can glean a lot of wisdom from them yeah definitely yeah all of those are right on I love what you said about you know kindness through the phases is we wish our kids would be kind every time yeah (laughs) they're not we're not (laughs) bursting everybody's I know exactly (laughs) but hopefully they'll become kind over time yes you know with that and I love that you put it out there at the long game of 20 years from now, what type of adult do you hope to have raised? And it mm-hmm. starts with those values mm-hmm. and the network and community that you have around you. So all those were spot on. So we started the podcast just talking about you're a full-time mom, you have a full-time job, and you got some stuff on the side as well. So within all of those things, full-time employee, mom is full-time and overtime combined, right? How have you learned to find rhythm and balance to both of those? Mm, That's good. So let me back up. So I think whether you are a full-time working parent or a stay-at-home parent, when you've got little kids, life is full-time and overtime all the time. Um, For me, on maternity leave, that's when I discovered that God has just wired me in a way that I thrive better when I'm working Mm full-time as a parent. And there's no right answer to that. And... Um, it allows me by working full time to be all in when I get home. Like I put mm-hmm. down the phone, I get on the floor, mm-hmm. like my house is a train wreck by the time the kids are in bed, but I wait and I clean up for dinner and That's all awesome. that stuff after because yeah. I only get a few hours with them during the weekday and I want to make the most of it. Um, so in terms of finding a good rhythm, 
I think you have to learn to say no to good things in order to say yes to the right things. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to repeat that because I need to hear it every day. Uh Say no to good things to say yes to the right things. So if you're a working parent, for instance, some of the things that I've had to say no to recently, especially with two little ones, is being on that extra work team Mm -hmm. or serving on that amazing nonprofit board or helping out my girlfriend with a charity event Mm -hmm. because I don't have the margin for it and my kids need me right now. And I know that in another season, I'll get to say yes Mm -hmm. to one or all of those things. And that's okay. Yeah, that's right. One thing that I love that you said that I think we need to reemphasize because it's it's easy to pass over. But when you're saying no to the good thing to say yes to the right thing, when you get home, the right thing is to be with your kids, to Mm -hmm. play on the floor, to be in their world because of that short window of time. Here's the opportunity. You are available to others for a, a majority of the day. Mm-hmm. And now your kids need you, need you to be available to them mm-hmm. in that time. And I've heard people say that when you punch out at work, we, we don't use punch cards anymore, but the idea of clocking in, clocking out, when you punch out at work, you punch it at home. Mm-hmm. So it's a similar mindset. Mm-hmm. Is just as you're ambitious at home at, at work, be just as ambitious at home. So you clock in when you get home. So I love what you said. You you unplug, mm-hmm. right? Or you put your phone away so that you can be with your boys and available to play with them and connect with them uh, yeah. at that point of the day. So that's really it's really really good. That I think it's just easy for us to forget as parents in our culture because like what's the next new thing what's the next new thing no it's tried and true Mm -hmm. get on the floor with your kids yeah it (laughs) really is it really is and they notice when you're like trying to like oh yeah I'm hanging out with you while I cook dinner and answer a work email like they notice that so like again you're setting an example so is that the example you want to set like you can do all 10 of these things it just will look like semi-ignoring people while you do it (laughs) (laughs) that's right and our kids know when we take a phone call yes they'll be occupied playing Legos in another room you oh hello they're like mom dad I need you. How did you know? You weren't playing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So within that, just as human beings do, there are insecurities. And I'd love for Mm -hmm. you to share with our listeners, what insecurities do you wrestle with as a parent, as a working mom, and what has been helpful for handling those? Yeah. Um, Gosh, I have insecurities all the time if I let it really creep in. Um, I think the impact of social media, which I love social media, it's not a bad thing, um, but we have this comparison that we put ourselves in to do it all and be it all. Like sometimes we'll go down and look, look at this hashtag mom boss that Mm -hmm. just started a new business whose kids are perfectly (laughs) dressed at church because she's on top of her laundry game and she's got an amazing husband and she makes gluten free, (laughs) dairy free chef inspired mirrors who your kids love and her house is clean (laughs) (laughs) and she's fit and Uh she looks well rested like if those are the people that you see on your social media They don't exist or they are not showing you their whole selves. And so for me, limiting social media, like there's an actual way that you can go on your phone. They they said to do it for your middle schoolers. I had to do it for myself um, to limit my social media. So like after 15 minutes, my Instagram shuts off for the Mm. day. That's all I get. Mm -hmm. So I use it for the right way to check how people are doing, support them, cheer them. Yeah, you had a new baby. Awesome. And then other things I do are just calling and connecting with other moms. Sometimes it's just nice 
to hear like, yeah, I'm struggling with that kind of balance too. Or yes, like my three major is, is mm. going to be the death of me. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, and I think the other thing as a mom, especially if you're a working mom or even a stay at home mom is like, you are not in this parent game alone. Sometimes as women, we put this burden on ourselves to like, do the all the kids well checkups you know what I mean or if they have early released we need to flex around our schedules to make Mm. it happen and I was trying to do that with both kids still and my husband literally had to look at me and he goes you know I can take time off work too Mm. and I was like yes you can take time off work too but I needed that check because I was placing this burden on myself almost like Mm -hmm. carry the typical female mother role that it just it's 2019 yeah. you know yeah. yeah well i think god designed us to be teammates yeah right and not that we have exclusive roles and sometimes we get mixed up in those assignments but you're yeah. dismantling that right it's, yes you are parents together yes. in this and your kids health is dependent on the teamwork between the both of you and then mm-hmm. even i've i've heard for the the single parents out there or you just take like a military family right where uh one spouse is off serving our country Mm. for an extended period of time is the church community is that are we dependable to say hey you need some assistance you need a night off you need a night out you need those sort of things to say i'm going to team up with you yes The, the marriage framework is a team but also the church can be viewed as a team yes. or family. You and, need a village. You know, yep, mm-hmm. 100%. So let's talk marriage and parenting a little bit as well. Because marriting and mar- mariting, making <laughs> up a Ooh, word here, marriting. I <laughs> like it. <laughs> you mean you're let's married be- and you have children? <laughs> is the other word you're marriage? <laughs> oh man, that is worth this episode. Hello, That's parish. good. <laughs> Marenting. Okay. So especially through the preschool phase can be pretty challenging. Yeah. I mean, let alone when a new child enters the family. It's just Mm -hmm. wild. Yes. So how can parents, whether from your own experience or just good advice that you've received, Mm -hmm. how can parents prioritize their spouse when it doesn't feel like they barely have time to get everything done in a day? Yeah, that's tough. Um, I might need some wisdom from from you there. A back porch is what I always say. <laughs> the back it's porch like is Saturday your... mornings is the back porch. I love it. So that's it. your we place. We don't have a date night. It's like it's just for our season of life, and you know the money required to have a date night is crazy. So yeah. we have a back porch that you actually have to walk out of our house to get to our back porch. It's there a screened-in porch. It's not. There's no access point from inside. Anyways, but that's my advice always. Yeah. Is, But I think you bring up a good point because a lot of times we think prioritizing has to be this like grand gesture of Mm -hmm. a date night. And that's just not more possible. I mean, more possible, possible at all. The more kids you add into the mix. And so um, I learned to prioritize my marriage early on because when I had my first kid, um, my husband takes my son to daycare school in the morning. And with my first kid, he was getting ready to take him. And I kissed them goodbye like I always do. And he looked at me and he said, you always kiss Luke first, which mm. is my son. And I said, oh, 
I do. Mm-hmm. And I realized, no, like my covenant was with you first. Yeah. Like yeah. God designed that for a reason. And these kids wouldn't even be here if it weren't for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, you have to make your marriage like the number one priority, not yeah. for just your marriage sake, but for your kids sake. It's, yeah. it's healthy. It's a good thing. And so um, even going from one to two, like straight up, Bart and I are in counseling right now trying mm-hmm. to figure out how can we prioritize each other and make a new rhythm with small yeah. margins. And so some of the simple ways that we do is as we're crawling into bed exhausted because mm-hmm. our younger one's still not sleeping in the night is mm-hmm. how can I pray for you? Yeah. Like just that little five minute conversation can give you a glimpse into the other person's soul mm-hmm. and their needs and where they're at. And by praying for each other, like yeah. that brings your marriage to a new level of intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so I think just make it simple. Like you said, yeah. Saturday mornings on the porch. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And I hate to admit it, the TV babysits the boys. Yeah. You know? And we are not above the out. iPad at a uh-huh. restaurant. If yep. I'm paying money yep. to be at a restaurant, I would like yeah. to have an so adult have a conversation. conversation. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah. But even just some of those categories, because you and I, you know, were our own family and what works for us may not work for you. Mm-hmm. But the principle is make time to pray together as a couple mm-hmm. make time in your week for each other yes. as a couple because what will happen is work will take all your time mm-hmm. the dishes will take all your time and your kids will take all your time mm-hmm. and our spouse gets the leftovers or nothing because there's nothing left over yeah right and so put those first i love how you say as you and barton working through counseling to learn how to reprioritize each other mm-hmm. that's huge and mm-hmm. i think all of us need a reset in a continual basis abby and i call it the state of the union is <laughs> like we, we don't have it it's not put on the calendar but she and i both know like we're feeling is like uh-oh we're, we're starting off. to yeah we're off it's like hey we need to say the union just to talk about how we're doing how our finance is going mm-hmm. what's our schedule what's our plan because we're all over the place so let's hit the reset button yeah in that way and if you don't recalibrate you're going to look at each other 20 years yeah, from now and go yeah, who yeah, are yeah. you yep. and yep. i don't want to get there yes. like <laughs> yep. right yeah that's really strong so at the start you kind of talked a little bit about some of the things that you do that fill your bucket and whether that's a marathon i don't know how that fills anybody's bucket but that's just (laughs) (laughs) i'm competitive okay i have to beat myself need to set a new pr otherwise i'm nothing (laughs) yes so talk about that how do you make room for yourself that's kind of the third priority piece right Mm -hmm. make room to pray make room for each other make room for yourself so what disciplines do you have right now that you've put into your life to get there. Yeah. So I think there's three different ways we can prioritize ourselves, and I'm going to harp on one. But okay. one um, is that just survival. And mm-hmm. sometimes people are like, oh, I'm doing self-care. I locked myself in the bathroom and took a shower. No, <laughs> you survived. Yeah. You didn't You yeah. didn't self-care. Yeah. You just yep. like survived. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, the other thing is self-care, which I think is good. And that's, you know, for massage, pedicure, yep. dinner with a friend to just check out whatever that looks like. And those are good, small luxuries and indulgences God gives us. But yep. I think the most critical one that most often gets overlooked is soul care. Hmm. And soul care is setting aside time to see what God is doing in your life. Yep. And that can look like a variety of things. But for me, that's where I find the most return and fulfillment 
So for me, um, my husband graciously takes our kids to school and daycare in the morning. So I help get them ready, fed out the door by Mm -hmm. Felicia. And then I get myself ready and I put on a podcast Mm. or worship music or just pray or do something in quiet while I multitask and get ready that I can connect to say, Lord, where do you want me today? Mm -hmm. What's on my heart? What's going on inside of me? Because sometimes I wake up and you're just like, not having it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that soul care is a really critical way you can care yeah. for yourself. I love that. God time, us time, me time, kid time. <laughs> there you go. And we're just oh, we're putting this, yeah, marinating. It's so easy. The four points of marinating. <laughs> just do those things. No problem. <laughs> so talk a little bit more about the soul care and how how is your faith influencing your life as a whole in your parenting specifically and maybe how you're passing that on to your young kids mm. as well. That's really good. Um, I think faith at its core is the expectation of good things to come. Mm. And it goes beyond hope. Without yeah. faith, like what what reason do you have for anything that you do? And so um, my faith gives me purpose. And part of my purpose that God has called me to right now is to just parent well. Yeah. You know, as Andy Stanley said, the single your single greatest contribution to the kingdom of God might not be something you do, but someone you raise. Mm, and yeah. God wants us to love him and love others. And if we're doing that, we are setting that example to our kids. Mm-hmm. They're going to do that. They're going to pass it around. And gosh, talk about a kingdom yeah, win. Yeah. And so that's my why and my that's reason good. right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been fantastic. This has been a lot of fun to have yeah. this conversation with you. Thanks for taking the time to speak into our listeners. And I know they'll benefit from this conversation. Any final thoughts or advice as we wrap up? No, I, I think just what we've already talked about, which is, you know, trust your God-given instincts and surround yourself with godly people like we talked about. It doesn't have to just be your family, but mm-hmm. your village. Yep. That can help you parent. Say no to good things, to say yes to the right things. Prioritize prioritize your spouse and marriage um, and invest in soul care. Mm, That's really good. Thanks, Steph. This has been great. Let me say a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time and give us the grace that we need to navigate uh, parenting and marriage and life and work and us time and hobbies and just all these things that are uh, are really important uh, for our health and growth. And then I pray that our relationship with you would just cover it all. So Mm -hmm. give parents what they need, and maybe it's boldness to have some of these conversations, uh, whether it's with a spouse or a friend or a counselor, so that they can hit the reset button, recalibrate, and reprioritize what needs to be prioritized in their life the most. Thank you for this conversation. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for joining us for the Poorest Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest you, visit forresthill.org.